Hey, gosh, so it has been a minute and I apologise. I said that I would be back every week and I did that just, it didn't happen. Projects have been really, really busy and we have got, okay, Tank is like seriously major snoring today. It's like he's making up for lost time, not having any airtime with his snoring. So for anyone listening to this anew, that noise is not me. It's my French bulldog in the background who is fast asleep and waking up less and less, to be fair, these days. He is a bit of an old man. But yes, things have been busy and we've got a couple of projects in the background that have been taking a bit of my time and attention, which I guess I can probably tell you about. It's early days, but we will soon be opening a showroom and store, which is really exciting and I would be more excited about it if our location had been confirmed because our first shop that we were trying to get hold of didn't really work out for a couple of reasons and now we have offers in with two others and we are just waiting and pushing to get some answers and in my mind I want to be open by mid-September which I know is pretty optimistic considering I haven't had time in the last month to record a podcast but I'm a great believer in you make time when you really, 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 really have to make on time and you've taken too many commitments and said yes to too many things and want to do too much stuff so you don't have a choice. So it's quite wishful thinking, but I'm going to stick to it. You know, shoot for the moon, land among the stars, everyone. So maybe we shoot for September and we get there in October, either way before Christmas because Christmas, right? a shop for Christmas. So excited. So that is, that's as far as we've got though on it, which probably doesn't sound like much, but there's been a lot of work in the background for prep to even get to this point. Uh, So I really hope that by next week, I'm going to have some more information for you guys about that. So if you're in London, watch out and keep an eye on this space. Well, I don't know which space at the minute because we haven't got one, but when we do watch this space, that space and uh, there'll be exciting things happening. So whilst I was on my little hiatus, I had a couple of messages from a couple of you guys saying, where the hell are you? (laughs) Which is fair. Sorry. And one of them was from Charlotte, who put a few things forward that she would love to know more about and have me chat about. One of which was skirting and coving slash cornices and I think that's probably quite a good little conversation starter so I thought I would pick up that and start running with it and today we are going to be talking about skirting and cornices and coving oh my god what a bore you may be thinking if you've never done this before and chosen them for yourself because if you have you will know that the topic is actually quite broad topic is quite broad and a lot of people do have questions about them even though people often forget about them especially when they're pricing up projects I find quite a decent cost so don't forget about them like we're talking the thousands if you're doing a full ground floor or full renovation 100% we're talking the thousands and there's a few different things to consider from paint through to material through to the differences between cornice and coving in the first place which we are going to delve into today aren't you lucky so first up a little history lesson and 
let's answer this age-old question. What is the difference between cornice and coving? Well, both things are wall toppers, essentially. You could describe them as they are where the ceiling meets the walls. Um, And the great thing about cornices and coving, one of the great things, is that it helps you get a really clean paint line, much cleaner than if you've literally just got wall-meeting ceiling. A lot of us, I appreciate, are painting everything the same colour these days. You've got your colour drenchers, you've got your people that just want to take their wall colour all the way up onto the ceiling and don't want any differentiation. But if you do, it is useful to have this divider. The difference between cornice and coving is a very, very basic one. Generally, cornice or cornice, if you think about it as a fancy word in your head, is fancier than coving. Coving is generally quite straightforward. It sort of makes a C shape if you were to cut it through the middle and see a cross section of it, either a C shape in or a C shape out. But they're generally fairly basic, whereas cornicing is is more the ornate sort of period features that we all get very excited about. Either of them can be made in a number of different materials. You've got wood, you've got plastic, you've got forms of foam, and you've got good old plaster, which is obviously the most heavy and expensive option to go with. So back in the olden days, they would be made by hand, mostly, And really, it started as decorative, much as we like it now. Following the fire of London Bridge in 1212, King John ordered that all the shops on the Thames and all the brewers and the bakers should have all their walls plastered inside and out to make them a bit more fireproof. And it was around the same time that people with a bit of money started commissioning decorative bits of plaster in their home so they would have their walls plastered like the equivalent of fd ratings i suppose building control back in the day and they would make them pretty by having these plaster moldings made around the top of their rooms and later on the ceilings then we go into ceiling roses as well things like that ceiling roses actually had a function as well when things like chandeliers weren't light bulbs and they were candles they would deflect the smoke from the ceiling. If you've ever had a candle with something like a shelf or something quite close above it, you'll notice it makes a black mark as it burns. Generally, we like to inhale that stuff in our room along with our lovely scents that the candles give off. But if they have nowhere to go, they will make a mark if they're close to something. And so they obviously used to have big marks on their ceilings when all they had was candles. And the roses would help make this not quite so visible and also the plaster would act as a bit of a protection for the ceiling above it as well so form does follow function in most scenarios when it comes to skirting why did we have skirting skirting was again form following function the function being that the bottom of these plastered walls were a bit messy and didn't often completely join to the floorboards And so you put a nice bit of skirting over the top to stop the drafts and to make it look more attractive. They got very big when everyone wanted things to look grand and then they started to get a little smaller again when houses started to get a little bit smaller. So that's sort of the where they came to us from. But what's the deal today? So today we're actually seeing quite a resurgence in 
a little bit more ornateness and well not ornateness a little bit more attention going into our finish work is what is what they call it in the US so our coving or cornice I'm just going to call it cornice from now on because it's much more attractive coving is a bit basic and boring it's like coving is cornices basic cousin so cornices skirting boards and architraves architraves go around the door they are like the icing on the cake around your door frame and there's a number of things to consider when you're thinking about them you want to think about the height you want to think about the depth you want to think how they match together you want to think about what paint situation you're going to have on there because you're not going to paint them gloss listen to me now you are not going to paint them gloss. Your builder is not going to paint them gloss. You want to consider the height of your ceilings with regards to what height your skirting is going to be or what depth your cornice is going to be. You want to think about what's happening in what rooms. And one of Charlotte's questions was, can you do different things in, in different rooms? You can obviously do whatever you want in your own home, but a good rule of thumb to help things feel consistent and not jarring with one another and not out of place is to go back to the history books and the original use and how these things would be applied. Back in the olden days, the most ornate stuff was saved for the rooms that people would be entertaining in because... They didn't have Instagram in those days, and the only way they could show people their houses was to bring them round. And so they would make the rooms that were most likely to hold guests the most ornate, being the entrance hallway, what we have as our living room today, and like parlour rooms. So why not follow the same sort of route if you're going to put these things up? Generally, buildings have higher ceilings on the ground and first floor. Uh, First floor is normally the highest ceiling if you're looking at like a Victorian or a Georgian or something like that property. And then as you go higher up, the ceilings get a little bit shorter. So I would stick to the most ornate situations in the rooms where A, you spend the most time, B, you do the entertaining and C, the ones that have the highest ceilings. And of those, I would match in the styles you can split them up floor to floor I think that's fine having one style on the ground floor and one style on the floor above but keep uh, an overarching sort of theme so if you've got if you're going with something very linear in design then do that upstairs as well but maybe change the depth or the linear pattern slightly if you feel like it or if you're going for something a bit more botanical or sort of sculptural looking like some of these they they, they will have names like really strange names the designs in some of these cornices and and if you start looking into it you'll find that most old school cornices are made up of these certain like little designs that have these funny little names For example, you have egg and darts, and that will look like, you'll recognise it when you see it, it'll look like a sort of the two-thirds of the bottom of an egg, and then in between that there's sort of a curve that goes round each one. Kind of hard to explain, but it's kind of like, actually, if you took a cross-section of an egg in an egg box, just one, and repeated it time and time and time again that's actually what it looks like and to be fair that's a good way of remembering the name 
that I've just come up with. Uh, so you've got egg and dart. You've got a large acanthus cornice, which is the ones with the leaves that come up and kind of bend over a little bit. A dentil cornice, which is more geometric, so like square, 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 and so on. You've got the floral ones that are pretty self-explanatory, and then you've got combinations thereof and more. So there's lots of different combinations. And I, yeah, I would stick to to a similar situation throughout the house. But if you do want to split it up and do something different, then maybe split it up by four. I don't think it's necessary to add these sort of extra flourishes into maybe like a utility room or a, or, or a WC, for example, especially if you're trying to save a little bit on budget. And don't forget your skirting and your cornice in a bathroom either. A lot of people are doing tongue groove bathrooms now and they still need some sort of start and finish, even if it's quite a sort of flat, basic bit of skirting that goes on the bottom of them you don't want that tongue groove to just meet the floor similarly I really would advise if you're doing tiling and tiling is meeting tiling floor to wall look into tile skirting you can get marble skirting you can use tiles for skirting you can do a run of rectangle tiles for want of a better word subway tiles that's what I was going to say but any sort of rectangle tile as a as a skirting board around the bottom of a bathroom Marble, you can get shaped marble, not just so marble literally shaped in the shape of a skirting board, which is a lovely finish if you are doing more of a marble bathroom. And even if you're painting the walls, but your floor is marble, then I would strongly recommend a marble skirt because it really elevates, elevates the room and makes it look really fancy. And on that note of fancy, what is definitely not fancy unless you're really doing it to sort of make a statement, maybe in a colour or something, a bold colour, is white gloss coving and skirting. I'm going back to coving now because you very rarely see cornice painted in gloss, but I have seen coving painted in a white gloss. It's what builders like to do. They like to throw a white gloss on your skirting board. If you suggest anything else, they're going to give you a really weird look, but just, just go with it push on through and do not go with the gloss. Nowadays, satin wood is the general preferred or an eggshell. It's much lower sheen, but it still has the durability. And I mean, look, they'll take matte if you want to match it into a wall. They'll, they'll take whatever, but it's more about longevity and keeping the house, you know, looking, looking nice and polished and new for as long as humanly possible before the kids and the dogs and the husbands with suitcases and things like that ravage it. So satin wood, eggshell are your friends. Bear in mind that when you have a different finish, if you're painting a wall and a skirting board the same colour, due to the different finishes, the colours will look slightly different. And that's fine. No problem there. Again, you want to match your architraves around the door in with your skirting boards unless you're trying to do a feature doorway or something like that. And I would, even if you're not, you know, even if you want your skirting boards and your architraves to be essentially the same colour as your walls, I would always go just one tone darker 
it it gives for a much more designer look and a much more considered look. The two colours that we've done recently that work really well together are the slacked lime, little green slacked lime, and then slacked lime mid. Do be a bit careful with the slacked lime though, because it can be it's a it's a real funny one. Like it can be really really bright white in some rooms, and in others it's a really nice creamy tone. Um, so just be careful with that. Again, going back to the age old, get your goddamn samples, double check. But there's a lot of a lot of options to put two colors that are essentially the same color. They're just slightly different tones of that same color up or down the saturation, basically. And it's just going to really make your place look a lot more expensive. I mean, the the biggest impact you can have for the least amount of money and the least amount of pain when it comes to doing renovations is paint. So it's really worth making specific decisions about all of these things. I was asked about the height of skirting versus like the height of walls and things like that. Um, There's no hard and fast rule, but obviously you want it to look right if you don't have high ceilings don't go for some really really deep skirting or coving it will make your room look smaller and off balance you can get skirting samples again get the samples in a few different sizes put them up against the wall stand back and take a little look and see what you reckon you can get skirting that actually covers previous skirting as well If you did want a higher skirting, but you've already got skirting there and maybe you just want to do it yourself or save on costs or just do a sort of small change. And you can also get skirting that has recess behind it to allow for wiring to move here and there. That's quite handy, actually, when you are doing things like taking wiring into a wall for a TV or a wall light and you want to do sort of minimal, minimal damage to the wall, you can take wiring from say plug socket round underneath in the recess of the skirting and then just do a straight line up the wall chase it in and be done with it that is quite handy and obviously not all skirting is made equal I would always say if you are doing if you are doing MDF skirting get it primed it will save your builders hours of time so basically the undercoat is already there which is really handy If you're getting wood skirting, hardwood skirting, factor in more paint and more time because you are going to look at probably four coats on that. Obviously, you've got to wait for it to dry each time, etc., etc. And, of course, hardwood is always going to be more expensive than MDF. I don't know if there's... Have I come across a kind of foamy, like a hard foam skirting? I don't think I have. Um, there's all sorts of different moulding materials around um, these days, but that's more for things like your panelling and your um, details and stuff. And maybe we'll do one... Well, I'll do something on panelling at some point. Um, But it's just... There's quite a lot probably to go into. And actually, skirting and coving takes up more time than you would think. We're already, you know, well into our 20-odd minutes. Um, And I think I've probably, I hope I've probably given you a fair bit to think about there in regards to what you're going to do with your cornice and skirting boards and how you're going to choose them. Obviously, the more detailed 
especially when it comes to coving, I mean, not coving, skirting boards, they are going to look more ornate. Some come from, some designs are period relevant. So factor that in when you're getting things for your house that you don't want a Georgian skirting board in a bungalow. I don't, I don't think. I'm trying to think of a scenario in which that could be pulled off, but no, I don't think so. So do, so do go with what your house is telling you with regards to that. And also I was going to add one other thing in there. What was it? Mm, 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 mm. Oh yeah. And uh, have a think. I quite like with your architraves around the door. I quite like a wide architrave. And you will find that architraves and skirtings are made to match. And so when you're looking on your skirting website, wherever that may be, even if they don't have one that matches readily available, it's worth dropping them a line and asking them if they can make them, if they can make one or if they do have one on offer and they normally do, and then they can do both. And it just makes such a difference to match these things in. Don't go for an off-the-shelf, skinny-ass architrave. It won't do you any favours, especially if you're in a period house. Please, please spend that little bit more money. It's the difference between period features and not, or period features and, like, just basic features that someone's just added in. Again, the difference between corners and coving. Get a nice, decent architrave around your doors that matches in well with your skirting. And maybe think about, is it base plinth, base blocks? Plinth block, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, They will make your transition from skirting board to door architrave Bloody hell, tank. They will make your transition from skirting board to architrave much neater and more professional looking. So they are like a square block of wood that just the skirting board can butt up into on the side and the architrave can meet at the top. It does look pretty, pretty neat. And uh, yeah, so take a little look into those. I find that when you're doing mouldings and when you're doing panelling and things like that, provided you've got the right home to do it in, it does not suit all homes. And if you've got a really detailed, complex amount of panelling going on in just like one room and the rest of the house has none, I think that's a little bit... Um, like it doesn't it doesn't quite work then maybe scale it back a bit but if you are doing quite a high level of intricacy on things like that then you want things like these base plinths and things edge plinths whatever the bloody hell they're called it it really again really elevates the look of everything and if you're putting effort in then why not go the whole hog that's what I say so I think that is if you've got any other questions you know where we are find us on Instagram find us on Facebook and if you've missed me <laughs> which I really hope some of you have give us a five star review and a bit of a, a bit of a cheer to keep going because sometimes we are ever so busy and I love fitting these things in and I love chatting to you guys but the motivation what with everything else is sometimes sometimes hard to find and I really hope that next week I'll be talking to you with some some extra news. So in the meantime, follow along if you don't already. And I will be back. I know I said it before, but you can trust me this time. I will be back next week to chat to you some more. If there's anything specific you want to know about, drop me a line. I would love to hear from you guys. And I hope you're all well. And I'm glad that I'm chatting to you again. And I will see you, speak to you again very soon. Bye.